talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Why, hello. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome back to Fight Club, and we're super excited to be here this Tuesday morning with you. As you all know, we're a group of self-industry employed experts who cover four different areas of business for you. We cover the marketing, operations, employee management, and everyone's favorite, money. So we are here to have a casual conversation, just chat about what we can do this week to really transform our business. And we're really excited to have Renee with us today. So we'll go ahead and go around the, the square here and kind of introduce ourselves. So my name is Taylor Maroney and I co-own a power washing company here in South Florida with my husband. And I've also been in marketing for about five years now. So we are here to have a casual. We're excited to say welcome back to Food Club. And Renee, um, just take a few minutes and kind of tell everyone um, a little bit about yourself and um, the Sharp Chip Consulting. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Um, well, my name is Renee O'Brien and I own a consulting firm called Sharp Chip Consulting. And oh, I love your little mug. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to show the mug. Um, and I work with small businesses anywhere from zero to five million and a lot of service businesses, a lot of different types, but a lot of different service businesses. And I work with business owners on how to improve their profitability, how to improve, get more time off, how to um, get a better use of their time, build more security, get more of the perks out of the business. And I typically work with them um, uh, by doing consulting, strategy, training, how to implement systems, just kind of how to work a little bit smarter and less harder because as entrepreneurs, we often times are workaholics and we want to get more of those perks out of the business. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy you're here. Um, I, I work with Renee personally. I have for a couple of years now and so does my husband. And I remember the first day I hired you, Renee, I, I went home and I told Jeff and I was like, I think I just hired myself a boss. <laughs> I should have brought my megaphone today. <laughs> it's been fantastic ever since. Um, actually, a tribute Renee uh, to being able to go to Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago when I had a complete meltdown during one of our consulting meetings, and she got me on the plane. And I'm so grateful and happy. Um, my name is Megan Likes. I am the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Likes Accounting Company. So if money's not your thing, numbers are not your thing, and you want to outsource it, I do have an accounting firm where that can be outsourced to. And then I'm the co-owner of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters with my husband in Northern California. And welcome to Fight Club, Renee. We're so happy to have you here. And Bobby, hi, I guess. because he's Hey, fun, fun, fun. Hey there, Renee. My name's Michelle, and I co-own Pink Collars with my husband, Doug, and we put remote staff in your business doing customer service and customer care, both front and back office. So I am super excited to have you here in Fight Club and want to know all the goodness because I have a coach and I want to see how coaches all think. And I really want to dive into that today in systems when we talk. So welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. And Renee, I probably have known you the longest and we've known each other, I don't even know how many years. Um, Just a natural second, since we're both 21. 
That's right. <laughs> You've worked with me for years. You've worked with gosh, my office manager for the maid service and then uh, work with Zach, head of support. So uh, you know us all. Um, but anyway, yes, welcome. And for those of you who don't know Loud Me, then uh, I am the people person and I own a maid service in Oklahoma. And then I'm co-founder of Quality Driven Software and founder of an online course. So anyway, welcome. <laughs> Love it. Well, I think we should just jump right into it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm right. listening from Tulsa Airport too. I, okay. oh. I, I like it. We're live in Tulsa, Martha. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Bobby's in Tulsa? I don't know. I, I can't tell. But Tyler's in Tulsa. Bobby can't spell. Sorry, we're getting off topic. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> oh, that's so unlike us. <laughs> well, I'm going to steal you first, Renee. And I found an awesome article on your website, and it was about Small Business Saturday. And I think this is something that a lot of people haven't even started to think about yet, but really needs to be prepped and planned for. Um, at least on the marketing end, to get that out mm -hmm. there, to get your business known that you are going to be doing something for Small Business Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, working with service industry experts and you know service businesses, what is kind of your initial recommendation for developing a marketing plan for that type of a day? Because it's a little bit different than uh -huh. just developing kind of like a spring cleaning sale. If, right. Oh, that's a great question. Love it. Okay. So, um, Small Business Saturday. So one thing I like about it is the fact that not only are you going to get the word out there, but you're going to get the, it out there to a specific audience that is already looking to shop. You know, they want to support their local businesses. You're going to get placed on a map. You're going to, um, you know, have people that are searching for these, you know, hey, I want to invest in the small businesses. So you're going to be right in front of them. So that's going to be awesome. Um, one of the other things is when you're developing what you're going to actually sell as your promotion, really think what you're trying to accomplish. So sometimes people will put together promotions that'll be like, oh, I'll tell a, I'll sell a two for one gift card or something like that, because people do want to scream and deal on um, Small Business Saturday. But if there's not some kind of a hook, you might end up getting a whole lot of, you know, one time clients that aren't able to, to follow on to anything else. So I would make sure that you come up with a really deep discount of some kind, but make sure that it somehow taps into maybe like a, a six pack of cleanings or, or a, a lawn care or whatever it is, some kind of longer range type of a thing. Or maybe if you're going to do some kind of a BOGO, maybe it's going to be um, buy one or buy two, get one free, and the one free has to be given to an additional person. Because another thing that can happen, yeah, is sometimes your clients who are already your regular clients, they, um, they buy the gift cards themselves and then it's really not a new client. You wanna make sure that at least one piece of it is somehow reaching this new audience. So I would get creative about that. And, and then of course, grab their contact information, make sure that all of that is getting into your system so you're able to nurture and sell to them in the future, hopefully very close to free. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, I never even thought about the concept of giving that to a friend. I mean, it's right in time for the holidays. Everyone's normally doing their Christmas you know, shopping on that Black Friday, you know, Small Business Saturday weekend. So yep. 
that's the perfect kind of combo. And you're now you're almost forcing them in a sense to at least give this as a gift to someone they love. And I know my mother would absolutely love if I gave her a cleaning, a deep cleaning of her house for Christmas. Like that's just something she's a clean freak, like loves to have her house clean, but to have that off her plate for one month would be something that she would absolutely just, you know, be floored about. So it, it's definitely a great way to, like you said, to build your customer base and to reach more referrals, which is if your friends are, or your clients, excuse me, are referring you to their friends, that says one of two things. They love you and your business. And they also want to share that with other people, which is the, in my opinion, the biggest compliment that a business owner can receive is a referral. So that's a great way to incorporate an offer into small business Saturday. It's not very hard. You know, a lot of people, and I'm sure you can attest to this. A lot of people kind of panic about these type of days and marketing plans for them. And how am I going to get these people in the door? And what am I going to be able to sell? And what's my profit margin going to be from it? And it's kind of just break it down to the basics. Just, you know, keep it simple. What's that old phrase? Keep it simple, stupid. I mean, don't, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. Just do it. Like we always say. So I really appreciate that. That was a great tidbit. Yeah. Um, One other thing is that when you're talking about keeping it simple and breaking it down, I mean, you sometimes th- you got two things you're always looking at numbers wise. You're looking at your cost per customer acquisition because it costs a lot to get a customer. A lot of service businesses don't realize that they are spending three, four, five hundred dollars to get that customer to contact them. And um, once you've got that, then what's the lifetime value of that customer? So those are the two things we're t- thinking about. So if you're able to get in front of people and yes, you may not make 100% on that particular screaming deal that you got, but maybe it is, you know, you got a great lifetime value and it didn't cost you that much. And you have this opportunity, all the other businesses that participated in Small Business Saturday in your network, you could also maybe come up with some partnership opportunities, contact them, see how it's going with them, see if maybe after this event, you could actually do some more marketing together. That's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. I love networking <laughs> and I love being able to, you know, build your marketing campaigns in the future. And you started speaking Megan's language with, you know, cost per acquisition and lifetime of customer. So I think that's the perfect transition for me to hand you over to Megan so you all can talk finances. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. Awesome. Can you guys believe that Small Business Saturday is like a month away though? I mean, that's... No. No. Also the holidays, anybody else kind of freaking out about the holidays are gonna be weird and different this year? I I took Christmas music. I think I was playing Christmas music yesterday. I just needed something a little happy in my life. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna go for it. I love it. Um, Not even Halloween yet, Tay, come on. Not even Halloween carols. (laughs) In July, I will totally rattle myself. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So Renee, I love the way you think about business and you, you work with a lot of different businesses across different industries. You work with a lot of different owner situations and, and it's just, it's amazing how you cut through all the noise and you get to the key root of the problem. Um, and I've seen this through two of my businesses and my husband's business. And it's just, it's amazing. And I was hoping you could take us behind the scenes just a little bit to talk about profitability. So in my experience, this is a topic that I get a lot of eyes glazed over. People know that they want it, but they don't really know what it is, and they definitely don't know how to get it. When you're working with a new client, like, is that one of the places you start, or, you know, how, how do you figure out where to start in that process? And then when you get to profitability, how do you cut through that noise? 
I'm hoping that people hear me talk about it a lot, but when you say things, it's like, I always get a light bulb. So I'm hoping that that happens to our listeners. (laughs) You guys got some great questions. Um, Okay. So yeah, I think a lot of entrepreneurs tend to, um, you know, they get excited about things. Some people really get into the systems of it, the creativity of it. And unfortunately, because we have so many things that we're working on, sometimes profit gets moved down. It gets moved down the ranks and we don't, we don't quite think about it as much as we should. And so when I work with a client, I really want as some of the very first things that we do, I want to identify what are the perks that you really want from your business. And and not everybody is all about profit. They also might be, I want more balance with my family. I want more um, long-term assets I wanna build, but definitely profit is one of the top pieces. And so I wanna get down to the heart of exactly how much money do you wanna be making now? And when do you, you know, how much do you wanna be making in a year? And do you wanna buy a condo or a second home or whatever it is? What are your financial goals? And from there, we kind of work our way backwards. We basically will figure out how much profit you want and we work our way backwards to figure out how much revenue is that gonna be for you? And how many transactions does that, you know, take? And maybe the business might be more complicated um, where it might have multiple different profit centers. So we might have to kind of break it down to which are the primary profit centers and um, you know how, much, how many transactions do we need in each area. But it, once we know how much revenue we want and we already know that it's gonna work back to profitability, um, then we're gonna work backwards to, well, how much marketing are we gonna need to do and how much is it gonna cost us to get that kind of, you know, th- that number of transactions in the door. But I feel that if it's when we start and if we're based in something, if we're based in what is our end goal, we're much more likely to waste less time, to much, much more likely to keep focused when you have all these opportunities flying at you as a business owner. You're like, oh, this would be cool and this would be cool. But how does it actually happen? Shiny object. Oh, look, my golden (laughs) opportunity. I mean, this happens with me like every week. This is what we get along, I think. But Renee, it's a really good idea. Right. So we have to kind of take it back and go, does it fit within our plan? Does our plan need modifying or should we get a little bit of blinders on and stay laser focused on our plan for a little bit? I love it. it. And I feel like one of the things that really helped me when you were working with my entire team was you gave us one number and like that was the goal number and it was number of clients in a specific period of time. And then it made it so, you'd already done all the math behind the scenes. It made it so easy to work towards that goal. And if everything fell into place and we got to that number, we knew exactly where we were gonna be and everybody knew what was gonna happen. Um, so I think that's a brilliant idea. And it doesn't have to be number of clients for you. It can be it can be lots of different things, but um, yeah, that's, that's helpful, helpful. Finding a number to move your business forward. It could be lots of different things. It, it could be, um, let's think, what could it be? It could be something hours about, worked, you know, weeks huh? vacation. hours worked, weeks vacation. Hours worked. You know, some companies use things like the net promoter score or their quality score. And they know that when they're in the sweet spot, that they're more likely to bring more referrals or something like that. So it could be a number of different things. And each person in the business should have their own number that's reflected on their type of of position. So for example, if you're a salesperson, one of my biggies is close rate. You know, what's your close rate and um, for your ideal type of thing. So I do kind of geek out on that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, you also geek out on systems. Uh, Martha took me to your second home, which was a wonderful, amazing experience on Whidbey Island. And we were like geeking out about how organized you have everything. 
when I have been in a lot of homes and that it was amazing. So I'm going to pass to Michelle and she's going to talk to you about systems and how to systematize business. Oh, love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Megan. Um, Doug and I have a coach actually. And so we totally are down with coaching. We believe that it's really important for every business owner to have some sort of coaching in their business. So we love it. Um, I love the fact that our coach Elena sends us automated reminders every week on things that we're working on. Um, and even though I know those reminders are coming, right? And I know that they're automated, somehow it's like a safety net for me and for Doug to get those items done and be prepared for our call. Um, how are you using technology? Um, and if you are, like what, what systems are you using to kind of keep your students accountable? Because that's really the key to get a, getting a good coaching experience, right? Accountability. So yeah. how are you using technology to kind of help you do that? <laughs> Right. So um, I do have some tools that I use that help people, a, a portal that, that uh, my clients can use. And um, it's, they're able to log in. We're able to keep track of notes. We're able to send reminders. We're able to um, set metrics and see how we're doing on the metrics. Um, one way that I've used it a lot during the pandemic is you've noticed as small business owners that there's a lot of information that is vital, that is changing yeah. from second to yeah. second. Like, will you get a PPP loan? You know, what will you do about the restrictions that are happening in your area? Will your unemployment rate go up? You know, mm -hmm. um, how do you, all these things that you're really just expected to know, like the states are not contacting the business owners and saying, <laughs> here's what you need to know, right? So during the pandemic, I've used it to create um, worksheets, decision trees, information bulletins, and let my business owners know, hey, this is something that's changed. Here's something that's coming up. Um, you know, just a, a bullet, all they do is click, say, yes, I've seen that. And then they're able, maybe sample letters, you know, if you, when you were say recalling employees back to work or something like that, those types of things so that um, they could actually go ahead and use those tools. Um, sometimes my clients find all the tools really great benefits. Some people are really mm -hmm. on it. It's just the way you process, right? Like some people, they love those reminders. They'll set their own, they're setting their goals. They're doing that. Other people are like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm really focused on this one piece, but I'm ignoring all the rest of that stuff. So sure. um, I think the one thing about um, business is whether or not you can implement things and not everybody implements things in the same ways. We all have tons of ideas, but you have to figure out your style about what's going to work best for you to, to be able to move the needle. And um, so I like the flexibility that we have with that. I love it. I love it. That's super good. For somebody out there that doesn't have an accountability sort of structure, is there something that they could set up maybe for themselves monthly to help kind of keep them on track in their business? Or I, I love the fact that we have a client that is setting up a day, she calls it her white noise day, mm -hmm. where she doesn't interact with the business at all. She only works on bigger projects. And so she picks a day every week, it's the same day. And we all on the team know never to contact her. She's in her day of oh, working yeah. on the business. Have you seen strategies like that maybe work for owners that yeah. don't maybe so, have a coach? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, you know, uh, a broken record talking about compartmentalizing your time and block schedules, yeah. um, because I feel like, you know, it's great to be an entrepreneur and we have the, 
all the time in the world that we can decide exactly how we're going to spend our time. But in some ways, it's a little bit of a free fall as well. You know, yeah. we could be yeah. distracted by the shiny objects and whatever. So what I find yeah. works well is to set up a structure like that, like, you know, her special Mondays or, you know, marketing mm -hmm. Mondays, or you're going to have, uh, I'm going to work, many entrepreneurs have multiple businesses these days. And yeah. so I'm going to work on this business on these two days of the week, or I'm going to block out this certain kind of a time. So not only make sort of a block schedule, so you almost, you know, not only have a structure, but you have planned times when you're going to deal with emergencies. So you're yeah. not distracted. I think that's really, really helpful. And the, uh, the other tip I would say is keep it small. You know, sometimes I'll work with new clients that just have an amazing list. Like one, one person I worked with one time came and said, I, I prepared some things I want to put onto our business plan. And I'm not kidding. There were 500 items on that list. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you will be a superhuman if you can get all of those things done. And it's really hard to keep reprioritizing that. So I think, um, breaking your time into a 90 day world is helpful. You know, basically breaking up what you're going to do in the next 13 weeks and set one goal or set, yeah. you know, two goals where you can actually just always keep focusing on that one thing. That's one thing I found has been helpful for a lot of clients. I love that. That's good stuff. 90 day chunks and blocking of your time. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pass you on to Martha. Thank you so much, Renee. Nice. <laughs> I think all of those things that you talked about that people, the shiny object people, it was like, oh yeah, that's me, that's me. <laughs> the, the people who are um, very resistant to time blocks, poor <laughs> Renee has tried to get me to do time blocks for Aww. years. <laughs> but somehow oh, I get most of it done, not yeah. all of it. Done. Um, okay, so about people, I know that you work with a lot of service business owners, and one of the top problems right now is finding people. Yeah. Um, what have you seen that's working pretty well, and any tips? Because I think anybody that's watching is like, yes, how do I find people? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a really tough time. It's, it's kind of like the, uh, the issue with the pandemic has been a huge challenge for business owners. It's like you, you tackle one thing and then there's something else, right? So we made it through some of the, you know, the, the, the bigger bumps at the beginning, but now people need people. They maybe have clients that are ready to buy and they just don't have the staff in order to be able to sell it. And it's really frustrating to have spent money and time and be ready to go. And you're just not able to capitalize on it. So I, my approach, I would say for people right now is to be as strategic as you would be in your marketing. When you want to market really well to clients, you want to really identify exactly who are those ideal clients that I can get, go out and capture. And I want to send a message out that really speaks to those clients. And we want to do the same thing with employees. So if we look at the marketplace, there are not very many groups of potential employees right now. Um, there are people who um, worked all the way through the pandemic, never went on unemployment. And I'm talking about service businesses right now with mostly entry level types of jobs. Um, 
So they worked all the way through the pandemic and they are looking to change jobs. Maybe they were thinking about changing jobs before this happened, or maybe something, you know, it's just kind of, you know, they've decided to do something different. Maybe they worked at a grocery store and they didn't plan on being a first responder, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, so they're looking for something different. Um, there's that group of people. There's also a group of people that are, um, they were never they were never unemployed because they were students or they weren't working last year or for whatever reason they're you're not trying to try to attract them off of, of unemployment um so there's these they're usually younger people so there's that group and um then there's you know some people who for whatever reason maybe they found it hard to find a job that was a good place they may not be your ideal candidates so we want to target those particular two viable groups. We want to target, um, and we've been doing well with some of my clients, to target either young people, student age, um, which with those people, you really want to provide flexibility with their schedule. You want to uh, provide a high hourly rate. You want to provide training because they're not quite sure this is really their dream job, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, you, you really want to provide a lot of, of development and, and help to bring those people on. Um, the second thing or the second group would be the people that were essential workers. Most essential workers, what we're finding is even if they don't like the job they were at before and they're planning on making transition, they're not going to leave something stable for something unstable. So um, you oftentimes need to bring that person in, maybe not at the entry level. Maybe you have to count the experience they had at their other job and bring them in a little bit higher because, you know, they have left, they worked all the way through. They're obviously a fighter. You know, they kept going and they worked all the way through. And now you've got to attract that hardworking person in with that stability. So things like guaranteeing their hours, things like bringing them in at a higher wage um, is helpful. Um, now, obviously that can cause disruption in the company if you bring someone in at a higher wage than maybe what your people who have been there a while are making. So I'm a big believer in kind of building a career ladder into, into your business so that there are different levels and your culture of your company shows that it's not time spent that moves your way up the ladder. It's the skills gained and the value added. And so if you have a structure like that, and you have an attractive job and you can then you can show everyone why someone is being brought in at a higher level because they have a higher level of skill and everybody in the company has the same opportunity to develop that skill and also move their way up yeah i love that and we you know that made me think so at my maid service we have a career ladder and it does spell out you know what you have to do to qualify for each um, and I typically don't hire people that have, in fact, I kind of prefer not to hire people who have previous cleaning experience, but I have before if they're the right person. And you made me think about what I've done because I have never pulled them in at, you know, uh, I haven't pulled them in and automatically move them to a higher level. Mm -hmm. But what I have done in the past is said, okay, basically come in, prove yourself. And then at the one month mark, if you've done these things, then I'll promote you. However, this is a different time. Mm -hmm. This is a yeah. whole different time. So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I probably would be willing to do it in this hiring crisis. Right, right, yeah. Because you could justify it. But you, you can, can only, you know, 
like I talk about transparency a lot and you touched on the fact that it can cause a lot of problem mm -hmm. in your company culture if it's kind of secretive and they're brought in at a higher rate and yeah. then the others are going to find out eventually. And so the way that you're talking about it works because you're saying this person has this job title. Right. Whereas a late, a lot of people do it is I'm desperate. Don't say anything. And I'm going to bring you in at this level, you know, right. and that, and that rarely works. So I like it. Uh, I know what my homework is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you mentioned uh, something that I think is really important, which is, you know, leadership is very different in a crisis than it is in day-to-day -day business. I mean, as a leader, we are always having to put out a longer range vision than um, what our staff is. We wanna lead the path of where it's gonna go. We wanna motivate people, get them to buy in, get them to participate on. But in a crisis, you've got a lot of people who are concerned about you know, their own security, their own health, their own situation. They may not be able to see as far ahead as, as you can see ahead. So yeah. in a crisis, you know, what you really need to do is not focus on the loss and lead your whole team to not focus on the losses of the things that are happening, the bad things that are happening, but instead take a look and figure out what are the opportunities that are there and try to figure out how we can capitalize on the opportunities. Mm -hmm. And one of the hidden costs, you know, because of course it'll kill me being so focused on profitability, some of these things cost more money, right? Um, is that, you know, we really need to double down on our the human side of HR right now, because mm -hmm. what you need to do is invest in your people and invest in the structure. We need to build a business that people want that particular job. So I wish I could tell you, if you advertise at this location, your recruiting problems will be over, but, <laughs> but that isn't really the case. Instead, we really have to come back and say, how can we innovate? How can we re-engineer our jobs that we have, our job structure, so that we're able to capitalize on this opportunity that's here. And if we want to be bringing in long-term, loyal, um, uh, you know, essential workers, people that are hardworking, you know, that want to come in there, then we might have to re-engineer a few things. It might cost us a little bit of money, but in the long run, it'll pay off. You know, you gave me an idea for a recruiting ad that I've never tried before, but I'm going to try it and kind of based on what you were talking about but yesterday we had and i'm telling everyone this so maybe it'll spark ideas for them too i have no idea if this is going to work but i'm going to try it um <laughs> so i love it <laughs> yeah just coming up on the fly here so yesterday we had a staff meeting at the maid service and you know i felt like the culture has just been uh, you just, it, it's, everything's grim right now yeah. with politics and COVID and da, da, da. But yeah. I got to tell you, um, I really put some time and effort into getting prepared for yesterday's staff meeting. And we had so much fun. You know, I led with the numbers and all the things that I lead with, but we talked it, we're running a contest um, and I'm going to do some fun gift ideas at Christmas. Like if they qualify, they get to pick from these three 
$200 gifts, uh, but they have to really, they have to really work to get yes. it. And then, um, oh, you know, we're doing the, the hams and the turkeys at Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving week, we're doing like pajama day and this and that. Well, and we played like Halloween trivia yesterday and, and, but I think what I'm going to do is in the ad, I'm going to talk about, here's what we have planned for the next two weeks. Somehow I'm in, I mean, two months, I'm going to work into my ad about our culture mm -hmm. and what we're currently doing. And, uh, I think that's so different than what most jobs. That's are. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I, Martha Woodward can say her culture's flat, and then she lists that they have a contest, and they have pajama day, and, <laughs> and they're doing hams, and they're doing turkeys, and I mean, she just like packed it into 10 seconds, all these culture-loaded things, and she just said her culture was a little flat. Martha, you're the queen. We all uh, <laughs> well, no, I will be the first one to admit that, you know, Renee knows when my focus is here, this does slip a little. And I recently have been like, oh, wait, wait, I got to go pay some attention to them. And so anyway, because uh, I truly love my staff and, uh, and I don't like when I'm not doing a good job for them. So like I say, I prepared. So I'm telling you all, prepare for your staff meetings make them work for you because I know everyone left yesterday feeling better about where they work than they did before they came in the meeting. And that's the whole idea behind you. If you're paying people to attend these meetings, you better get some mileage out of it, you know? And uh, so, and we talked about unplanned absences and some bad stuff, but we still had a really good time. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to use that really good time and infuse it in an ad and see what we get because I've never tried that. And I think the right people are looking for that. Exactly. The right people, the people that are already there. The other thing I liked about what you said there, Martha, is that um, I think a lot of people probably work for you as they do for a lot of entrepreneurs because they're inspired. You know, a lot of people I've heard from many employees before in the past where they'll say, you know what, I would love to start my own business, but that's just not my thing. And they love being part of it. They want to be part of, you know, exciting stuff. And so by putting more time into your staff meetings and, you know, it's the contests are great and all that stuff is great, but really what it is, is they want a little bit of you. They want a team yeah. leader, you know, that they, you know, they feel like we're part of a cool team and wow, this vision is really great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Okay. So homework, right? All right, um, so marketing homework. I want you guys to start brainstorming your ideas for Small Business Saturday. I'm not gonna hold you to coming up with the offer today or this week, but start putting some ideas together. Maybe it's like Renee said, you do a buy two, get one that you give to a friend coupon, or you go a little bit deeper into a, a six month cleaning or a six you know session cleaning versus just one or two, but start brainstorming some of the options that you can go with. So then you can narrow that down as the time comes closer and go with your number one. Awesome. And a reminder, if this is your first week joining us for Fight Club, we each give homework in four areas of business. Sometimes there's a bonus homework from our guests and uh, you don't have to do all four or five. You just have to do one 
And the goal is if every week you do one of our actionable homework items, you're going to move your business forward. And your priorities might change from week to week, depending on the area. So for <clears> finances, this is going to sound familiar to past homework, but we're going to do it the Renee O'Brien style. And we're going to really get specific. I want you to choose one number in your business and set a goal for that number. So that number could be the number of clients you have, or it could be the number of employees you have, or it could be the number of hours a week you're working, or the number of weeks a year you're taking vacation, or your profit percentage. It could be a variety of numbers, but I want you to just choose one, and I want you to think about the ways that you could move the needle on that one number and set a goal by the end of the year for that number. And then uh, let's check back, and you can report in the group how it goes on moving that number. So one number, Moving it forward, that's that's your homework for this week from finances. <laughs> Love it. And my homework this week, um, I actually found an awesome article while we were talking from Todoist about time blocking. So kind of breaks down why time blocking is important. Um, it's not selling anything. It's just a super cool article with graphics and it shows all the different ways you can block um, all the different variations. So pick one that works for you and try it out this month. I think November and December are gonna be really good times for you to kind of refocus and get ready for January. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm ready for 2020 to be over. So I'm really focusing hard on what does January look like and how positive can I make it? So do that for this next couple of weeks and try it out. So time blocking is my homework. <laughs> All right, and your people <laughs> homework. Um, I'm gonna say career ladder. So I have five levels in my business uh, trainee, team member, team lead, trainer, field manager. And each one of those is defined in some way. So I give that to you as an example. You need to create your own career ladder if you don't have one. And if you do have one, is it transparent? Meaning, do people know when they qualify for the next level? And if not, look at how you can make it transparent. So when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I think I need a raise, you can go at, to that career ladder and say, well, actually you need to do this and this before I can move you to this level. And it's as simple as that rather than, mm, I don't really want to give you a raise, you know, and making it subjective. So that's your homework. Awesome. Renee, do you have homework? Oh, I get to give homework too? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, I got a two-parter. They might need two weeks for this. <laughs> okay, so first thing is a really interesting exercise is for you to do a time and motion study on your own time for one week want you to block out, you know, I mean, not down to every single minute, but pretty close, how exactly you're spending any time related to work. So if you're getting up at 4 a.m. and thinking about your work, that gets written down. If you're spending time at 6 p.m. after you've come home, just making one last phone call, that gets written down. So everything gets written down on this list and you're going to do it for a week. And then you go back through the list and I want you to highlight the items that are CEO actions. What items on that list can only be done by a leader, a CEO in the company? And what other things could be delegated to someone else? That is a really good way for us to get started with figuring out where um, your structure of your business should go if you want to be working less and gaining more perks in your business. 
So that would be part one. So part two would also be identify exactly what you want. Surprisingly, one of the biggest reasons why we don't get what we want is because we never decided what we want. So um, you wanna start off by identifying exactly what it is you want. Maybe you think a little bit further out in the future and decide um, how much of a salary do you want? You know, how much time and hours do you really wanna work? Do you want to you know, take vacation 10, 12 weeks a year? You know, or would you just be happy with a two week vacation without a cell phone? What exactly are the things that you want? And when you identify those things, then you have the, the makings of a plan. We know that basically from the CEO list, that basically those are the structures that we're going to have to put into place so that you're not spending all your time, you know, stealing your time. And then we know where we're shooting for with the goals that you're setting. That's good. Love it. That's a good. good. <laughs> Renee, how would, um, be before we go and do the quote, um, how would somebody reach you if they wanted to talk to you about possibly hiring you for coaching? Okay, so well, they could uh, go to my website, sharpchip.com. I apologize, it loads slowly, but I promise it's worth it. <laughs> but uh, you could always email me on there. Um, Renee at sharpchip.com is an e easy way to get a hold of me. I also have a few other websites. Um, yourcleaningbusiness.com is one of the popular ones too. So you could go check out that, but give me a call and or send me an email. And uh, I always do a free initial consult with people so we can kind of find out what your goals are, see whether there's a match, see if there's something that we could coordinate. And you don't just work with cleaning business owners, correct? Correct, yeah. yeah. So I work with all kinds of businesses, primarily service businesses, but mm -hmm. anything from accounting firms, software companies, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, lots of, of personal services and home services. Uh, landscape companies, you know, all, all types of businesses. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and, and on the Love cleaning it. side, also commercial and residential. So I do work with businesses that are also B2B, not just B2C. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Can you mention okay. what we real quick? Yeah. We, Please. We've been actively looking for houses in Florida, haven't we? Do we want to? We have been. <laughs> we have been. Do we want to make an announcement about that? Sure. Go ahead, Megan. Go oh, ahead. Wow. I'm in trouble as soon as we hang up. Okay. So the Fight Club for Business retreat that we had in Breckenridge, Colorado was amazing. It was just about a month ago. And uh, we're all still basking in the glory of that. We had so much fun that we're planning another one in January in Florida. And we have some pretty awesome places that we are looking at to book. Um, the dates for this retreat are going to be President's Day weekend. So uh, we, we thought it would make it easier for people to travel. Um, so we're looking at the 14th through the 16th for this next retreat in January of 2021. So if you're like Michelle and you are just ready for 2020, like Michelle, like all of us who are ready, ready for 2020 <laughs> to be over and uh, wanting to start 2021 off on the right foot, uh, we have um, these dates set aside. So January 14th through 16th in Florida, exact location to be determined. Um, and we're really excited to have our second Fight Club retreat. And Martha, her employee engagement things that she was talking about earlier, that was something we went over in the retreat. And goal setting day, that was something we went over in the retreat. So um, there's lots of really, and social media content, I'm sure there's a small business Saturday that we went over in our retreat and then Michelle just all things organized and systems <laughs> so we'd love to have you join us January 14th through 16th mark your calendars uh, fight club for business retreat is coming back and it's going to Florida
Yeah. Awesome. All right. And our quote of the week, are you guys ready for our quote of the week? Is from Robert Hershiovic. That was a tough one. Thanks, Megan. And Sorry, <laughs> everybody Megan. knows him from Shark Tank. I love him. He's awesome. Um, and his quote is, a goal without a timeline is just a dream. So it totally fits what you just said, Renee. It's awesome. So get out there and set a timeline for those goals, people, because they're just going to be dreams, if not. And thank you so much for joining us in the Fight Club. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Go Go fight. fight. Keep seeing you. Okay, bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.